I mean, we wait. So uh, rewind. All right. So we the times go in nine and seven into that final week. We come in at eight and eight, and we win. So we're nine and eight. They're nine and eight. We for sure beat them in tiebreaker because our head to head is two and zero against them. Is that correct? Yep. My God. <laughs> what a f-ing weird season. <laughs> Welcome to The Drunken Jaguar. The Drunken Jaguar is an SB Nation and Big Cat Country podcast. This is Bentley Brown, and joining me via call is Asad Asan. Excited to recap this Jaguar's 36-22 victory over the Tennessee Tigers this past Sunday. It's been several seasons since the Jaguars have beaten the Tigers. It's been almost a decade since they've beaten the Titans in Tennessee. Trevor Lawrence battling a toe injury apparently was the youngest player in NFL history to pass for over 350 yards, three touchdowns, and also rush for a touchdown in the same game. I said I, I had to catch up on the game, and you were you were texting me, man. I was like trying to ignore your texts here. You I, you did a good job. You didn't spoil it, uh, but you definitely seemed in good spirits, and rightfully so. How does it feel? It feels better than ever, Bentley. Let me tell you. And uh, hello, it's it's been a while. I feel like I think did we skip last week? We did. We we skipped last week, man. My ass was like jet lagged and stuff. I was I listened to our episode from a couple weeks ago. We were talking about the World Cup, and I completely like made up a World Cup game score. What did I say? I said Iran had just beaten Poland or something. Iran never played Poland in this World Cup. <laughs> it's all good. You are you are forgiven. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh well, apologies for missing last week. Of course, there there wasn't much good to talk about. Whereas this week, there's a, a ton of good stuff to talk about. Man, just first time. What 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 has it been? Eight years, man. We haven't beat the. T- I was not hopeful going into the game. I knew it was the Jaguars' last shot to have any playoff potential. And now they're there, and it was just a fantastic game. And Trevor Lawrence, this was the game for me, Bentley. This was the game where I was like, that is the guy. He is He is the franchise quarterback right there. He was excellent. I didn't see really any mistakes from him. He even ran one in. He was fired up. He was trying to get in little shove shoving battles at the end of the game there pointing at the scoreboard I, I just loved it man I loved the fiery energy from Trevor I mean the running game didn't didn't really work out but it was it was a Trevor Lawrence show on offense and then of course some encouraging signs on defense because we've talked about week after week this pass rush doesn't do anything and finally they made some plays yeah a spot on on Trevor Lawrence he had a great game against the Ravens. We were talking about how that was the come out game, the greatness, right? That was achieved in that game. Something that you know very few quarterbacks can can do in their career. Coming up clutch and big moments, leading the Jaguars on a winning drive, going for two to win the game. That was an awesome game, awesome performance. I, I like what you said here about this one being like the game, though. And I feel like there's a it just felt like a new, like a rebirth of Trevor Lawrence. Like the guy has confidence about him to the extent that like when you're watching him play, there's, I mean, for me at least, there wasn't any fear in my gut that he's going to make some 
big mistake that's going to cost the team the game. And there's also, on the flip side, a lot of confidence in him, like, as I'm watching, that, God, he's, yeah, there's really, he's not he's not the one who's limiting this team, if anything, right? I mean, I, I'm seeing, I'm seeing, you know, a few, still a few drops by Zay Jones, who overall had a good game. And I'm thinking, damn, you know, Trevor Lawrence deserves better receivers, right? I'm not sitting here thinking, ah, Trevor, Trevor's, you know, not not making the right uh, choice on his options right there. He's not, he's he's sailing the ball over receivers, or he's underthrowing, or he's he's too fast, or he's too slow. That's not crossing my mind at all during this game. And I, I think one thing that's that had, I mean, I don't want to say it's been missing completely throughout the season, but it's those passes downfield, right? If Trevor Lawrence has an 80 percent completion percentage on a game that doesn't mean much to me because that could be you know a lot of plays that are designed for a high completion rate right plays that are screens or setting up the running back uh you know easy easy throws uh it's kind of like when Gardner Minshew came in his first game for an injured Nick Foles he he had some insane completion percentage I mean he completed like his first 15 or 16 passes or something like that and well, that and that was and Gardner's great, right? But that was also due to you know you have a backup quarterback come in, and suddenly your offensive coordinator is like, oh shit, well we gotta we at least manage this game as much as we can right here, and hope we can get some first downs out of some quick and easy throws. But Sunday's game against the Titans, though, I I did not have that feeling at all from Trevor, and he was making some beautiful throws, and he was making he was recovering from. Uh, pressure. He's leaving the pocket at the right time. He they had this. They commented. James Lofton or someone was like, I, "Broken toe, broken toe." <laughs> like as he, Trevor, Trevor's like like his, the, his center of gravity shifts and he's able to to juke people and then leave the pocket and make a throw, running left, to hit the receiver right where he has to hit him before he gets out of bounds. God, damn, it was beautiful. It it was truly beautiful football. And yeah, it was like you know when you're watching like. You know, you're Pat Mahomes and you're Justin Herberts and your bros, and you just don't, you're not panicking as a fan because you trust a guy leading your team. And I think that's what a lot of Jaguars fans felt. I felt that way. I felt that he just had the game under control and he was going to go out and win it for us, no matter what the circumstances. We knew it was going to be hard to run the ball against a, a pretty good run defense this year. But we knew their pass defense was bad and that Trevor would have to put matters into his own hands. And he did exactly that. Of course, we got to shout out Evan Ingram. That was just a crazy game from him, man. 162 yards and two touchdowns. We need that Evan Ingram a lot more often. A little more consistency would be great. But really, everyone, everyone looked great. I think it comes down to the defense, you know, timely turnovers. Like when those turnovers happened, they were huge for us. So I think that's really what factored in. Once you're playing with the lead against the Titans, it's hard for them because we know they they lean on Derrick Henry so heavily, and they couldn't do that this game. And crazy, they even forced a fumble out of him. Just a fantastic play, man. Yeah, the Titans. I mean, that's something too. I, I think there's like a, there's a the Titans were like the weak link in this game as well. I mean, you talk about our our rush, our defensive pass rush, finally showed itself in this game. But I also was not impressed at all by Ryan Tannehill. And I felt the Titans put themselves into a hole time and time again by just, I mean, just even in their just method of pass protection, they sort of like collapsed and uh, Tannehill would essentially be trapped and, and we sacked him four times. It's kind of an, it's an amazing box score because at one point on the box score, if you just go down, uh, I may, surely it's ordered by tackles or something, but 
we have three people in a row have a sack listed, <laughs> right? Four, four overall. I mean, we had Arden Key uh, finally resurfaced here. Josh Allen hadn't had a sack since, you know, the early 90s. He had a sack. <laughs> uh, who else? Smoot didn't, did not get a sack. I was waiting for a, a Smoot sack out there. Um, uh, Fatukasi. And there's one more. Didn't Trayvon uh, Walker get one? Oh, Trayvon Walker with a strip sack. My God. And I, you mentioned Evan Ingram on offense, and I want to I want to talk about Evan Ingram as a new piece in this offense this year, who essentially was an upgrade from Dan Arnold, who we picked up as a as a midseason acquisition and you know last last season, and has essentially reduced Arnold to kind of like a backup as Ingram gets way way more snaps and and so many more targets than Dan Arnold. I, I want to say Ingram solidified his case as a as a really successful acquisition for the team. I think he's been a great fit. I think there's probably some other free agents who who have done that as uh, that as well. You know, Christian Kirk I think has had a really good season overall. He was not as effective this past Sunday. I also want to circle back to some some kind of tried and true classic Jaguars. Uh, your favorite player, Andrew Wingard, who <laughs> hasn't been amazing as a starter in past seasons. But as a backup or when called upon, like when needed the season has really stepped up. And I'm just I'm thinking I'm seeing a lot of balance for these players. Would you agree that like some of the people I've mentioned here, like these are some pretty good fits for the team, I mean, especially as we look to the, the offseason and who may go and who may stay? Yeah. And we know Evan Ingram's only on a one year deal, but you got to find a way to keep this guy. We've known that he had star potential coming out of college. He never really got there, but. It was the inconsistency, and we've seen him have some pretty good games. But this is, I mean, this is a star performance kind of game, and I think he's just a lot more comfortable with Trevor now. And I think that's a, a really good thing we're seeing with Trevor Lawrence. We we've already known he's comfortable with Christian Kirk as the season has gone on. We knew him and Agnew are okay, you know, from last year, and him and Marvin Jones are good. But now we see Zay Jones and Evan Ingram. These guys are getting a lot of targets, and. I, I think they really have Trevor Lawrence's trust. And Zay Jones, for him to get 12 targets after his game against the Lions, you know, we saw how many balls he dropped. Trevor was looking for him all game against the Lions, and he kept let, letting Trevor down, but Trevor went back to him. So the trust is still there, and I think that's really important. Zay Jones, he's huge. He's going to factor in really big coming up here in the next few games. So I think he's very important. Evan Ingram as well. But, yeah. I think Dan Arnold, you know, they, they use him for, for certain plays. You know, they always run that same screen play to him. And I think he's a good player. I think he should get more snaps. But I don't want to see Chris Manhurts out there anymore. I feel like every time he's on the field, he, he does something stupid. Don't want to see him. Love Evan Ingram. Love Zay Jones. <laughs> this team looks great. And Andrew Wingard, he, this guy's playing good football. I love to hate on him. But – this year, he's been really good, and it seems like he just gets that team fired up to that defense. He plays with a lot of energy, a lot of passion, and you need that. Yeah, you can never fault Wingard for a lack of energy and passion. <laughs> yes. It takes that, 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 that snowboarding spirit. It's, it's out there every time. You mentioned Agnew. I, I still am not convinced that that was a hold on the kickoff that he returned for a touchdown to open the third quarter. You don't have to be convinced. There was no hold there, man. I kept saying, I was like, it's written in the script. They don't want us to ever beat the teams. They're going to make sure we never beat the teams at home. I don't know what it is, but I don't, I don't know. I didn't see the hold. I would have loved to see 
Agnew, that, that place stand, because I get very excited when Agnew takes one back. Every time he touches the, the football on a punt return or kick return, I always scream at the bar. I'm like, the best returner in the NFL. And that, that time I said it, and of course it comes back on a holding. But he's a key piece, man, and they still use him in the pass game a little bit too, which I, I really like. Yeah, so that, yeah, I think that was a very deserved kickoff return for a touchdown there, and it fit the story of this game, man. Like we had, we were mostly dominating throughout the game, and really sad to see that thing called back. Also, remember what was a couple weeks ago? I also, uh, I don't know if it was a blunder or not, but I, I referred to Agnew as one of our running backs. I guess it was a mental thing, like number thirty-nine, whatever. But he also he did have a carry for eight yards in this game, and and he's he still has been a fantastic addition overall to this team. I can't wait until we use him as a cornerback again. <laughs> Hopefully that doesn't come to that. You know, he's already been used uh, all around the field. So. so I just, you know, we've been watching World Cup. I just got back uh, to Dallas from Doha. By the way, it's like a 15-hour direct flight. Um, I do not recommend a middle seat for that. I'm going to leave that there. Oh, that no, that sounds miserable. Guy, I had a, a woman next to me uh, who spoke Hindi, an old dude next to me who spoke Urdu. Uh, my Hindi slash Urdu collectively suck. And we got, we all got so bored. We were in like an hour long conversation just trying to like figure each other out. I mean, that's how bad it was, was good. I mean, that, I'm, I'm grateful for that, but oof, man. Uh, otherwise, you know, that middle seat thing, hey, 15 hours, you get to a point where you don't even, you're so tired. You don't even care that some, someone you don't know is sleeping on top of you. <laughs> in fact, you're, you're, you're grateful. You're grateful for the human empathy. In that <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that sounds, that sounds bad. Man. But back to the world cup. I mean, this has been a world cup that we've seen. I, I, if I'm not mistaken, the most extensive, use of video assisted replay or VAR and and it's it's gotten to the common language now it's that whenever someone you know has scored a goal or there's been uh, like a, a a no call on what could be a penalty kick or some some big play the it's, you're waiting for the referee to to make the signal like one of his hand signal calls is to draw a rectangle right which means they're going to basically throw this play up to the booth for review and at the beginning of this World Cup, it was getting really annoying to see goals called back for these like really minute offsides violations. I mean, we're talking, you know, if a player was offside by like literally like their elbow or like a finger or something that the this computerized process of review was catching that. Midway through the World Cup, I started to get used to it. I think a lot of other people started to accept it. I mean, I was even, even at our U.S.-Iran uh, game that I attended, we had a U.S. goal was called back after after VAR negated it. And people, like, just accepted it immediately, right? Which was very different from in the past where if you disagreed with an offside call on a goal that your team scored, uh, you may not accept it for the next, you know, 30 years. <laughs> so yeah, really, really, really big difference here. And and uh, and I'm I'm wondering, man. I mean, overall, it's kind of a good thing for the sport, especially to negate some of the bullshit calls. And that's what I'm trying to get out here: things that ruin your four-year journey because of some subjective bullshit call. And this Agnew hold or no hold reminded me of that immediately. And I was like, "Where's the review on this shit? You know, like, where can how do we go back and negate that bullshit? This 
rigged off uh, whatever holding call that was was clearly another masterwork by Jamal Agnew to take it back for a score. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny because remember a few years ago they tried to implement that uh, reviewing the pass interference. Correct? If they called the flag, they could uh, possibly take it back. But if they didn't call the flag, it's not like you can challenge that. And that got you know that was gone after one year, I believe. So I, I didn't even mind that either. I know it slows the game down and stuff, but is it the most important thing, like getting it right too as well? Exactly, yeah. And some of these are more subjective than others. Often commentators will remind you that on almost every play, there's some version of a hold. It's just whether or not you get caught. So I, I'm okay with you know a hold getting called when the ref happens to see it on a kickoff return like that. But, but when it's like this bad ugh, I don't know man I, I was I was getting a little scared that the Jaguars were it would actually affect the team's momentum and then we drop another game which would have been our second in a row following the Lions last week yeah and I mean it worked out for the best right they go on a seven minute drive and kill the clock and score a touchdown anyways so it did end up working out I still would have loved to see the kick return stand as long as the results stand as well yeah and the you know we, we beat the this game what what that wound up doing was it was a kind of monumental man this was like the equivalent of like three games one to in one day essentially because if we had lost and i didn't realize this but we would we would have mathematically been eliminated from division contention and and ergo the playoffs okay so that's that's number one the would have gotten damn near close to clinching the division with a win they wouldn't have actually clinched it with a win, but they would have gotten super, super, super close. And then the fact that we beat the and now they're at seven and six and we're at five and eight means that we jumped another game closer to, to them. It was also a, di a division win and it was good on many fronts for the Jaguars. And I, I think this division is a lot more in reach than, than most outsiders would think at this moment. I mean, we are, we are solidly in the hunt now. And the teams have, if I remember correctly, they go on to play the Chargers away at L.A. They play the Texans. They play the Cowboys. And then us in Jacksonville. And we, we have a similar kind of schedule. We have the Jets, Cowboys, of course, the Tennessee game. And who else do we play? We play the Texans again. Basically, they play the Chargers and we play the Jets is the only difference between the schedule. Mm -hmm. And I know we laid an egg last week against the Lions and what, what we call the playoff game. But this past Sunday was our true playoff game. And pretty much every week here on out is is another playoff game. And, you know, I, I think it's not unrealistic to sit here waiting to watch the lose one or two of those games and and set us up for a, a win and get into the playoffs in the final week of the season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we got to put it this way. The Jaguars have to beat the Texans this time around. They, they absolutely have to. And then if they lose to the Cowboys, it is not the end of the world, but then they need Tennessee to lose two of the games as well. So they would need to lose to the Chargers and the Cowboys. So basically, if Tennessee beats the Chargers and the Jaguars lose, that's not good. I, I doubt the Jaguars will, will get in. Now, if the Jaguars win and the Titans win, we're still okay because we still can hope that the Cowboys can beat the Titans and we can beat the Jets. 
the goal is you just have to be one game back. So technically, I know we're two games back right now, but really we're one game back. Because if you finish that season and you're one game behind the teams, you're playing for the division in week 18. Simple as that. Feels amazing to have beaten them in Tennessee, though. I got to ask you, should we? So we have a tradition here of, of really not saying their uh, their name. Right? We beep it out. Have we removed the curse? I mean, do we? Do I? Do I not beep out anymore? Or do 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 we hate them so much? <laughs> we keep that going. Yes, we got to keep that going, man. <laughs> Especially because we're we're still battling out there. We have a chance to win the division. I was feeling pretty optimistic actually i'm i'm feeling like if the jaguars can you know it, it's all about the next week right so we got to worry about us first and we got to go out and beat the cowboys we got to we got to find a way to do that and it's pretty encouraging seeing that they played very poorly against the texans and the texans should have beat the cowboys and it'll be in jacksonville where the Titans are going all the way to the west coast and the chargers are playing pretty good football right now although the chargers do find a way to f- it up uh, every year we, we just got to hope for a Chargers win here and a Jags win, and then we're basically tied with them. And I'm just hoping, That's man. insane. <laughs> I'm just hoping we can come down to a week 18 where it's a, hopefully a primetime Sunday night game for the AFC South. Jags, Titans. How amazing would that be? So beautiful. It's so beautiful. I mean, we wait, so uh, rewind. All right, so we the Titans go in. Nine and seven into that final week, we come in at eight and yes, 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 eight and eight, eight and eight. That's that's if that's one of our scenarios, and we win. So we're nine and eight. They're nine and eight. We for sure beat them in tiebreaker because our head to head is two and zero against them. Is that correct? Yep. Got be in. <laughs> what a f-ing weird season. If they only end up beating the Texans and they lose to the Chargers and the Cowboys and they are eight and eight and we're seven and nine, same scenario. We could get in at God eight and nine. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, the possibilities are open. We have to win and we need help. Yep. We each have three games before we play each other again. So, in those three games, basically what has to happen is the Jaguars have to have a better record than the in those three games is that correct so we got to go three and oh they're two and one or we go two and one they go one and two. Oh yeah or we go i mean worst case you know we go one and two and they go oh and three but i mean let's be honest someone's got to beat the texans because we both have the <laughs> texans on the schedule so that that's where it becomes a little tricky yo my guy we gotta uh, i'm gonna i gotta go to the texans game bro why don't you come over to texas yeah <laughs> We can drive down. The Texans game. That's the game you want to go to. I will fly out and see a game if the Jaguars make the playoffs. How about that? Okay. Okay. I'll meet you in Jacksonville right. while they host a home playoff game. I mean, yeah, that's called week 18. Oh, man, that'd be fantastic to go to as well, huh? Oh, my goodness. Wow. I don't even man. know which one I'd rather go to. Of course, you have to beat the Titans to get in, but... Really quick, what's our, what does it look like for us to not even have to be the types to get in? Is that even possible? It's not a possibility. We can win out and they can lose out, and that still won't happen. Really? Yeah, because if okay. they go, oh, if they go, oh, oh and three, right? Because yeah, because if they go zero oh and three and we go three and zero, oh, that put us at eight and them still at seven. But then that tiebreaker, 
would tie us at the end if they beat us, which means they would but go no, down to the divisional. Got it. Okay. Which okay. we don't have because they beat the Colts twice already. And there's no way that our divisional, even if they lost to the Texans, we beat the Texans. Nope. 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 Because they've already swept the te- – well, they haven't swept them, but they're 1-0. But they're also 2-0 and against the Colts. They had split with us where we have you know, split with the Colts, and we can't go 2-0 and against the Texans, essentially, since we're lost. So three and oh, yeah. So we can win, go three and oh, and then go oh and three, and that it would still come down to the that last one. Oh man, I know it's it's a little nuts. Uh, <laughs> okay, I fucking love the chart. I'm the biggest Chargers fan in the world this week. Me too, big Chargers fan. The next week will be Cowboys fans. I think they play them next week. All right, I'm already a Cowboys fan, so that works. Might be a Jacksonville trip, my guy. I'm looking at airfare. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they still got two home games. And remember, we still have that Thursday night game. And that Thursday night game is going to mean something. I Let's hope. It should mean something. Actually, no matter what, it is going to mean something, that Thursday night game. No matter what happens this week, too, we're going to play before the <laughs> on Thursday night, and we have to beat the Jets. Okay. I see what you're saying, yeah. Because even if we te- even if we dropped it to the Texans, we would, yeah, we'd still be like technically in contention, right? So Thursday's going to mean something no matter what. Oh man, wow. Because I, I believe if we lose to the Cowboys and they beat the Chargers, that Thursday night would be an elimination game for us. Okay. Oh man. Yeah. We got to go up against Trevor Lawrence's uh, rival quarterback, uh, Mike White or whatever his no. name is. <laughs> Yeah, Mike White, and you know he got hurt, so we, we might even see Joe Flacco this week. So we'll see, man. It's gonna get interesting. I mean, Flacco coming on as a sub, he's he's actually been pretty decent this this season. So yeah, yes. Those are those are similar scenarios for us. Yeah, we just gotta worry about that defense, and we just, I mean, that's gonna that's gonna be a big game. No ma- no matter what the result is of this Sunday. It's going to be a big game for the Jacks. I think that's it, man. Uh, we're just looking ahead to the Cowboys really now. So it can be a pretty big game. You know, they're playing for a lot too. So, Well, the Eagles have pretty much clinched. I mean, almost clinched that division. They were not showing any signs of slowing down. I mean, they beat the Giants 48 to 20-something this past Sunday. Right, yeah. They are definitely not showing any signs. Yeah, you know, kind of looking at it right now, it's 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 tough trying to find where where the Cowboys could could win that division. And it looks like they kind of had the wild card, you know, the the fifth seed kind of wrapped up now. But they're still not out of the divisional race either because I I believe they still play the Eagles one more time. So they're in like a similar situation as we are, except they lost the first time they played them so they'd have to win the divisional tiebreaker which they're three and one eagles are three and one yeah there's still a chance they can win the division not a good one but a chance all right yeah the cowboys are 10 and three eagles are what like 12 and one yeah and the cowboys all right so they're playing away at us uh, which for them this this should be a, a you know, kind of a they're maybe the closest thing we can come to is like, a trap game type deal because they're they're pretty hot right now, but as you mentioned, they do play the Eagles. So actually, the following week, uh, at home in Dallas, mm. and then following that is their game at Tennessee, and then they play at Washington. Washington's recovered fairly well this season too. Yes, they have. So the Cowboys have a a pretty big stake in the Jaguars' future these last few weeks. 
if they beat the Eagles, so if they let's let's assume they beat the Jaguars, and let's assume the Eagles keep winning, Cowboys are still two behind. So you're saying they have to beat the Eagles. They're going to have to basically hope for like another Eagles loss or whatever. Right. And maybe two losses, depending on how these tiebreakers shake the tiebreaker. out. Exactly. All right. So then they they are still – they're very much wanting to win against the against Tennessee the following week. Very much so. That's good. I mean, Jaguars' upset against the Cowboys this week would be something of miracles and, and really, really nice. I mean, it's possible, right? It's always possible. Oh, we need the win so bad because I believe – I mean, if the game's in L.A., I'd assume Tennessee, I'm looking right now. Yeah, Tennessee plays that 225 game. So, and the Jags play that early game. So, we're going to be really taking a peek at Tennessee. And they'll be feeling the pressure, too. You know, if they know that the Jaguars won, they know they have to win, essentially. Or else it's basically a tied division. I'm looking at this here. It looks like that Tennessee and Dallas are is a Thursday night game. Wow. Okay. December 29th. So, yeah, that's going to be big, too. So we're going to have the Thursday night right before them. They're, they're going to have the following one where mm. they're kind of playing and we're, we're waiting. And that could be a game where they could win and potentially clinch the division. I think I think the Cowboys match up very favorably against the Titans. I think so, too. <laughs> we'll just have to wait and see because that's in Week 17. So, And we, we got to see what, what the Texans do. Who knows? Who knows? They could beat us again. They do own us. And... They could possibly beat Tennessee too, so you never know. Yep, they just—they almost beat the Cowboys this last week, so that's again anything's possible. Yep, and they should have beat them actually. They were literally three yards away from winning the game, sealing it. <laughs> All right, man. Well, this has been a great chance to catch up here. A lot of exciting stuff going on. Yeah, it's it's a very a very exciting time, man. And hey, guess what? We were kind of playing meaningful football during Thanksgiving, but now. As Christmas approaches, we are playing meaningful football throughout the holiday season, and that's just a good sign. How rare is that, right? You like, you, I feel we feel better about ourselves now than we did three, three or four weeks ago. Very odd. I don't really know how to feel about it. Well, thank you, I said, for joining me, and thank you, listeners, for joining us for this episode of the drunken jaguar the drunken jaguar is an sb nation and big cat country podcast as always you can follow us on twitter at junkin jaguar as you can tell we're very excited about the weeks to come hope you are too and we will be back with more in the coming weeks as the jaguars take on the dallas cowboys at home there's only three words to say wait is it three yes it's three yes it's three it's three let's go jj's Let's go, JJ's. Let's go Chargers for for, the, for that matter. <laughs> and let's go Chargers. <laughs> <laughs>
Bolt up. <laughs> bolt up, baby. Whatever the whatever they say over there. <laughs> I want to bolt up with a Jaguar's roar. Here we go. Bolt up. <laughs>